After the news that Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out, obviously the Jets were scrambling to start thinking about trade destinations. But you know what? Dubois might be willing to meet Winnipeg in the middle if it makes the trade easier. The Jets, as a result, could get a massive haul. We'll dive into all of this and all of the teams Dubois might be up for on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge, but most importantly, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Now, tonight's episode, like I said, a couple of topics to get through. The first, and I think the most important right now, is of course Pierre-Luc Dubois' trade request and what it means for the Jets, right? Winnipeg uh, is still probably sorting through the aftermath of the request, although I'm pretty sure they were also fairly certain he wasn't going to resign. It's not like he has made it particularly particularly secret that he wants to move on. Uh, whether it was Columbus or Winnipeg, you know, one or the other, Dubois had no interest in resigning with so... Um, for the Jets, I think the biggest question is, well, if Dubois wants out, how do you maximize trade returns? And traditionally, the Jets haven't done a great job of, at that. They usually sit on their asset, they let it kind of depreciate, and then, you know, other teams have kind of bailed Winnipeg out. I think, you know, you look at the Truba trade, and the Jets kind of made out okay. It wasn't the best package that they may have been offered, but, you know, ultimately, it turned out pretty well for Winnipeg. But you then, you know, then you think about how the Jets kind of waited to the last second uh, once their hand was forced rather than being aggressive with the trade market and trying to um, preempt, you know, some of the other uh, weaker offers. And I think for me, that is a problem and, and a habit that the, Jet, that, that the Jets have. Uh, we've seen them occasionally sit on deals until they're backed in a corner. And somehow, thus far, the Jets have generally done okay. But once in a while they've gotten hosed on a few like minor deals. Thankfully, nothing big, but you know, this is one of the first trades where the Jets really have to kind of get it right. I mean, there's no option for them to screw this up. Winnipeg has to make the most of one of their most valuable trade pieces. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Dubois is the best player the Jets are going to trade. That's not true. Hellebuck is still going to be that guy, and I guarantee you he's not going to be here for much longer. But for Dubois, one interesting thing that's kind of come out of all of this is that he's willing to play ball. And in that respect, you know, he'll be willing to sign potentially a longer term deal as part of a sign and trade rumor. Um, but it'd also be OK with not just going to Montreal. He might go to, say, New York or Minnesota. Uh, those two teams are interesting uh, in their own right, just because 
for one thing, the Wild are a divisional rival, and Winnipeg hasn't really had a big habit of trading with rivals. You know, I don't know that it really impacts the standings all that much, but a lot of teams still have this notion that you can't help your enemies, right? Even if it might actually help you instead as well. With the Rangers, uh, New York is certainly a team that is, for me, more of a fit for Shifley than for Dubois. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I kind of envision going to a couple of different places, but if you're talking about players that can really push New York's top six over the edge, I'm still thinking Mark might be the safest bet. Uh, that, and he's also an expiring free agent, so you know New York can basically look at that look at that as like a longer term rental and feel comfortable that cap wise at least. Uh, they're not going to have to worry so much about uh, Dubois coming back for you know multiple seasons on a massive extension. With Shifley, you know, obviously, I think he's still a really good player, and I think he'd be the one that I would personally target if I'm looking to trade for like uh, a free agent deadline or pre-deadline acquisition. But with Dubois, at least the Jets have like legitimate leverage because he's kind of indicated that he's willing to help expedite the process and do what he can to make himself more attractive to other teams for trades, I feel like this is pretty good from, uh, you know, Dubois' camp, right? I, I know that the trade request is not great, but all that said, if they're going to be the ones advocating on Dubois' behalf and essentially helping to negotiate a future extension, which makes Dubois a more valuable trade piece, Winnipeg has a really good chance to make out like a bandit here. Interestingly, I've also seen people, uh, especially Habs fans, commenting about, well, why won't Montreal just wait? You know, they could certainly just wait till he hits free agency. And yeah, they could. But the likelihood that you're getting Dubois in free agency is slim to none. Now, whether you uh, think that's a good or a bad thing is kind of a separate question. Missing out on Dubois in free agency might not be the worst thing ever. But in terms of what Montreal wants, I think they're very clear um, that they understand Dubois is coveted by a lot of other teams, and there's a chance that they might miss him. Uh, for me, I think they should be a little more hesitant than, you know, interested. But um, as a Jets fan, I'm like, please take him. Give us all this good stuff. We'll, you know, happily accept the package. Um, but again, for a great player, obviously, this is imperative for the Jets to not screw up. And if uh, Brisson, who is Dubois' agent, kind of does the rest, just sit back, relax, let him be the GM of sorts, and wait for those big trade halls to come in. Because I guarantee you, if this is how it's looking and it really is a sign-and-trade, Dubois' value just went through the roof. So could be good for the Jets, right? Could always be happy times. Unfortunately, one of the things that kind of sours that is the notion that the Jets are still after assets that can be impact players right now. We'll dive into why I still feel this is only going to prolong Winnipeg's suffering in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are super comfortable and they make you look good. They come in plenty of styles. You might be wondering what even is a Bird Dog. Well, it's the only pants that comes with an interior liner. So it's basically like getting a two-in-one. Uh, somebody has described them as uh, being the Lululemon of menswear, but they fit even better and they offer uh, a great flexible material. They use anti-stink and anti-sweat stuff that helps you uh, wick away the sweat and keeps you cool and dry all day long, which for a lot of you folks who are constantly moving around and uh, 
uh, certainly getting active, this is a pretty good way to have comfortable and stylish pants that, you know, still feel like they get the job done. But, you know, if you're ready to place your order, and there's plenty of folks like you who have certainly given bird dogs a try and love them, you can go to birddogs.com slash NHL and enter promo code LOCKEDONNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Hey, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, everydayers, for returning to Locked On Jets as we talk about uh, Winnipeg's trade prospects and, and why Winnipeg's push for players who can help now really doesn't fit this team's timeline. We've talked about it before, but again, that has come up in terms of uh, the perspective or at, at least the context of making Morrissey, Lowry, and players like him not feel that the Jets are tanking, right? Uh, Sarah Valley or Friedman, one of those two said something to that effect. And I guess I look at all of this and I say, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is important to look out for your players and make sure that they're happy and that they're in a good competitive environment. But if you understand and see that the writing is kind of on the walls with players who are interested in, in moving on, then you might not have a choice. As much as the Jets have indicated that they want to be competitive next year, there's just not really ways that they can do that because they're not going to get really good roster players coming back in any of these trades. The only way that they could pull that off is if they get really lucky. And with the Jets, I don't tend to see them being the kind of team that routinely wins their trades. I think Cop for Baron Plus was a, a nice move, and there's a real good chance that Morgan Barron is a very legit player. But in terms of um, higher-end assets, right, trade pieces that might really bring you something special the jets don't generally have much of a track record with getting big returns the truba deal was probably the biggest the jets have done outside of the cane swap um and as far as the truba deal is concerned the jets did okay uh getting their own first back i think was funny in a way um i don't remember if it was that trade or maybe it was oh gosh they're all starting to blur together but um Either way, like the Trooper return, I forget what it even was now. I, it was kind of underwhelming. I mean, obviously, Pionk came back, and, you know, a lot of people have their own thoughts about Pionk. You know, I loved him for a season or two, and then we we saw real Pionk kind of show up. But all of that aside, for the trade market, the package wasn't terrible. But I, I do feel like the Jets got better offers, and we're just waiting for something even better to come along until it didn't. And that's when they realized, well, Maybe we made a mistake and overcooked it. With this mistake that they think that I think they're really starting to make, it's it's focusing on the present rather than the future of this team. And look, I get it. Guys are on contracts. You don't want to throw in the towel just yet. And you're also keenly aware that playoff revenue is really important to the lifeblood of this team because it also impacts, you know, how often we see uh, regular season attendees coming in. The more that you win and, and get into the postseason, the more likely your regular season and season ticket renewals are going to be looking pretty strong the following year. So for the Jets, it's really important to have success in all facets. But the problem is, is when that success comes at the cost of Winnipeg's long-term future. And I still feel that their vision for this team is both unclear and not very directed, but I'm sure that they have internally at least 
some sort of plan to regain relevance. But until then, you know, Winnipeg is going to try and pull scraps together from these trades. Uh, they get players back that can help them now. But, I mean, how do you get somebody who's going to help you now in a Hellebuck deal? You're trading a Vesna-winning goalie for what exactly? Um, a forward of some sort, a defender, who even knows? And then you're talking about Shifley and Dubois and getting players back who can help now. Who is giving like legit roster players for, um, you know, a Mark Shifley? You're just not really seeing a, a essentially a trade deadline rental being uh, the, the source of a deal for major roster players. I mean, it just doesn't happen that way. And Dubois might be the only person on this team, other than maybe Hellebuck, that could fetch that kind of... Um, I, I guess present time help, but I still look at this as the wrong direction for the Jets to push. And I feel long term, even though it might be okay in the short term for like their finances and stuff, long term, I think the the lack of commitment, the continued mediocrity, and moves like these where the Jets don't really make progress is it's all part of the same problem uh, of Winnipeg kind of spinning its wheels and being stuck in this loop of being mediocre. That mushy middle that the Jets have occupied for years continues to haunt them. I'm hoping this is the first offseason where because all of these issues are happening with the contracts, it forces Winnipeg to get creative and do something new, but I'm also not holding my breath. We know how the Jets are. We know how they've justified this kind of crap in the past. Let's hope that they've learned a few lessons this offseason and they're ready for a new direction. But until then, we are just going to sit tight and keep an eye on how the Jets do over the next few months. I'll be grading all of their offseason moves as they make them, so we'll be sure to give you some uh, report cards on that and, and further details on how uh, the Jets have handled their trades. But I thought it might also be worth taking some time to talk about another sort of Jets-related thing, but also not. <laughs> it is, of course, the Florida Panthers versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Who would have thought that's your Stanley Cup final? We'll talk about game number three here in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at game time. When you're uh, buying all sorts of event tickets or even sporting tickets, I think the most important thing is that it's convenient, right? And well, for me, it is at least. Maybe for you, it's the price. We also love good cheap, you know, concerts, stuff that's even free. Uh, we also like a good last minute deal. And game time is awesome because it's one of the few uh, like apps that helps you uh, find tickets that offer last minute pricing and flash deals. We all know that, you know, concert tickets and event tickets are always very expensive. And Game Time not only gives you the best prices in the, in the industry, but also gives you in-venue seat views. So you can see what you're actually paying for, which is important because you might find that you're being obstructed by a pillar like you would be at, uh, at the Fenway Park. But with Game Time, you can avoid all of the hassle. And again, you'll get some of the best prices around. And if you actually find a, a similar seat in the same row and section and it's cheaper, they will give you 110% of the difference. So you really can't go wrong with them. Be sure to uh, snag tickets without the stress by downloading the GameTime app. And then you can create an account and be sure to use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
we're just wrapping up really quickly with some thoughts on the Stanley Cup Finals and uh, somehow the Florida Panthers have survived to threaten you know, to, to to fight another day. Um, they took Game Three three to two with a Carter Verhage overtime winner. Probably a bit of a cathartic feeling for this Panthers team because it's not like they've been nearly as bad as the record shows, or at least in parts of these games. Other parts they sort of just threw in the towel, and you know, quite frankly, all of the goalies got lit up. But I feel in other stretches of these games, especially in the first halves. You see a, an aggressive, fast, dangerous Panthers team that's kind of been stonewalled by Aiden Hill and a lot of block shots from the defenders. If we actually kind of dive into um, how the Panthers have played, you know, generally speaking, you're seeing them getting down low. They're creating chaos. They're doing a lot of stuff of what you would expect a quality team to do. It was just the finishing that remained the issue. For once tonight, though, they finally got those extra goals to really make the difference and push them through to a crucial Game 3 win. Uh, Paul Maurice apparently is going to coach a Stanley Cup win before he ever did it for the Jets. So, awesome. Uh, or I guess after he ever did it for the Jets. He just never gave us that chance to, to make it through. Unfortunately, the team just sort of fell apart at the last second, and now he gets to live that dream with the Florida Panthers instead. It feels like a bit of a cruel twist of fate, but... As Jets fans, we're used to it. We know how heartbreak is. We have felt it before. And uh, I guess for me, watching Maurice take the Panthers to the Stanley Cup Finals is very bittersweet. Um, I would say I disagreed with a lot of his decisions, but at the very least, he was an entertaining interview. So, yeah, I guess for the Panthers, you know, the main thing is taking both games here at home. They really can't afford to lose uh, the, the second game at home because uh, a 3-1 series lead for Vegas heading back to their territory is basically a death sentence. There's no way to come back from that uh, unless he got really lucky. But with how the Knights have been playing recently, <clears throat> I would not be counting. <coughs> Excuse me. I would not be counting on fortune to carry you through. More than likely, uh, Vegas is still going to win the series, but at least the Panthers are going to give us a bit of a fight and show us something before uh, inevitably, uh, Vegas kind of takes control and wins it. I still think they're the favorites. I really don't see any reason to doubt them. And uh, as as much as I hate Vegas, let's be real. They're a very impressive team. They're well-run. They're disciplined in some areas. Maybe not so much on the ice, but certainly um, in terms of how they manage their roster and, and a lot of the trades that they've made, uh, an annoyingly good team. The Panthers are also annoyingly good, but at least we don't hate them in the same way. So let me know who you're rooting for in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's episode, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day. We will see you back here next week again. Thank you.